you have your Bibles, we're in the book of Ephesians, and we are continuing our journey uh, through our spiritual warfare. And we find ourselves this morning in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 14. A very short uh, sentence here, but this morning we are now coming to the breastplate of righteousness. Last week we looked at putting on the helmet of salvation. We looked at uh, that the helmet is to protect your mind. We need to be very careful what we're allowing to come into our minds. We're always bombarded. The world has got their opinions and the world wants to come in and Satan wants to come in. And if we're not careful and we forget to put the helmet on, we'll let those thoughts get in. And once those thoughts get in, it starts to confuse everything. We're thinking this is right when it's really wrong and this is wrong, but yet it's really right. And so that's exactly where Satan wants you. He wants to get here. But this, this morning we're going to see we've come to the breastplate. And the breastplate is to protect your heart. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Notice in the text it says to put on the breastplate of righteousness. I find it interesting that not only does he make mention of the breastplate, but he names it. It's the breastplate of righteousness. Exactly what does righteousness mean? Now understand, Paul is writing the letter. Paul is being strapped uh, to a Roman soldier. So he is uh, seeing it in living color as he's uh, pending what the Holy Spirit is leading him. And uh, he sees this soldier has this helmet on. And then he looks and he sees the breastplate. Now the Roman soldier would have a breastplate. It would cover the front and also the cover the back. And the purpose was to protect the vital organs especially the heart. We need to understand if we're going to win these battles that we're having to face, these spiritual battles that we're facing, we not only have to protect our mind, but we have to protect our heart. And so uh, as we look at what, what, is it, what is righteousness, we need to understand to have true righteousness, it has to have truth. Truth you have no truth, you have no righteousness. The only righteousness that we have that will get us through these battles is the righteousness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is truth. There should be no question about that this morning. There should be no guessing this morning. When someone comes to you and asks you, is Jesus the only way? You shouldn't have to hesitate. You should automatically, just like that, say, He is truth. He's the only truth that we have. And so our righteousness uh, involves two things. It's like having a coin. On one hand, there's being righteous. On the other side is doing what's right. And sometimes we do a pretty good job, or at least we think we're doing a good job, of being righteous, but we're having problems with doing what's right. 
And that's where Satan comes in. Satan comes in, not only in our mind, but he wants to get into your heart and he wants you to be confused on what really is right. Uh, we, we can go uh, across this nation in which we live and we can even take a poll here amongst us this morning and we'll say, uh, do you think you're right? And of course, you're going to say, well, yeah, I think I'm doing right. I mean, you know, I, maybe there's somebody here that if I went to you and said, are you doing right? That you would say, absolutely not. I don't think I'm going to have too many of those. We all want to think we're doing right, do we not? We all think we're in the right. Many of our arguments stem from you have two parties and both think they're right. Well, somebody's got to be wrong. And so here, Satan gets in where he starts to muddy up the water and where he causes confusion to where now, remember, he's the principalities of the air. He's the ruler of this world. Do you now understand why what we as believers look as being right, they're saying it's wrong. And when we look at something that they say is right, when we know it's wrong, we're living in an upside down world and we're being bombarded by different philosophies and different religions and and our children are going to school where they're learning all of this and they're coming away confused and and, and they don't know which way to turn and the Bible says it seemed right to every man everybody thinks they're right and that's the problem that we have today is no one wants to say you know what I may be missing the boat here But righteousness can only be based upon truth. And there's only one truth. By the way, Satan is a liar. He's a slanderer. He's an accuser of the brethren, the Bible tells us. And so he wants to get into our hearts. And that's the reason why we must have the breastplate of righteousness on uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 21, it talks about Jesus. Jesus, that uh, he who knew no sin, uh, became sin. Uh, why? So we could have become righteous in Him. Our righteousness is found in Him. Nothing else. It's in Him. The, if you're here this morning and you say, I'm righteous, then you're going to have to tell us and give a testimony and give evidence that you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ because that's the only way you can be in Him. And if you do not have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, let's go ahead and cut to the chase. It's not about the denomination that you align with. It's not what church you're going to. It's not any of that. It's not because your name's on the road. It's not because you've been baptized. Your righteousness is only in Him. You must have a personal, intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. No questions. No beating around the bush. And so many of our churches, Satan has not only gotten into the minds, but he's gotten into the hearts where he's telling folks that are not right and know they don't have a relationship with him. He's doing everything he can to convince them they're okay. 
Oh, you're okay. We're all the children of God. No, we're not. Only if He is our Heavenly Father, we're a child. Now, He made us all exactly right. But we're not all His children unless we have a relationship with the Heavenly Father and we can call Him Abba, Daddy, my Heavenly Father. That's the only way you can say you're a child of God. But Satan's come in and messed everything up. I've done many funerals. I've been officiating many funerals where everybody's going to be okay. I've heard them preach, and I know who was laid out there. I knew the testimony that they had, and a preacher would get up, and to bring comfort to a family that's grieving, he would say, well, one day we're all going to be back together again. We're not if he didn't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But here's what's happened. We know, we know that our righteousness is in him, but when we start getting in a tight spot, or when we are wanting to not hurt anybody's feelings, and we don't want to be, uh, uh, you know, not... I try to bring comfort and all that. Doing, we, we know to do right and not do it is sin. And Satan is orchestrating that. Hey, you know, this family's gone through a tough enough time. Just go ahead and lighten off a little bit, even though you know that that one that you're uh, standing behind is probably in hell today. Do, does this make sense to anybody? Now, why is that? Because we haven't guarded our heart. And, and so uh, we, we see that he knew not said he became sin. So, so we, we have righteousness in him. Oh, so here's the practice. What's the practice? First of all, we have to recognize the fact that Satan cannot take your righteousness from you. Okay? Your righteousness is secure. Why? Because it's in him. You would have to remove Jesus from the equation if you could lose your salvation, right? So if our salvation and our righteousness is in Him, then Satan cannot take that away from us. But here's where he does his best work. He can keep you and hinder you from practicing righteousness. And that's where we're at. We're secure in our salvation, but yet he knows that he cannot take that away, so he's going to hinder us practicing what is right. In James chapter 4, verse number 17, it says, to know, and I've already quoted this, but to know right and not do it is sin. It's the sin of omission. And for many believers, the sin of omission is the one that gets us. Knowing that we're supposed to be doing right. Knowing when we get into a, a discussion with someone that we don't want to ruffle feathers and we don't want to go ahead and be labeled in the office that I'm, I'm a religious fanatic or whatever the case may be. And I have an opportunity to bring a witness to them, but I'll back off because I don't want to press myself on them or because maybe you're working in a governmental job and you're scared to go ahead and be a witness for the Lord Jesus. 
Jesus because you may lose your job. So you'll go ahead and back off of that and you want to go ahead and you know it's the right thing to do. You know it's right to tell them that if they do not know Jesus Christ that they're bound for hell. You know it's the right thing to say. There's not many ways to heaven. There's only one way. His name is Jesus Christ. You know it's right but yet you've backed off because Satan has gotten in your heart and gotten in your mind and has confused you and helped you to understand well I don't need to rock the boat. They're going to believe what they want to believe anyway. And Satan says gotcha. Gotcha. So what do we do? Now understand it's not righteousness is not just doing. What do you mean by that? Your righteousness is not just doing, but you're doing it with the right motivation. Other words, you've got to have the right attitude. And let's just go ahead and let's be honest with one another. Some of our attitudes stink. Some of us, we're serving, but yet we're doing it with a bad attitude. Well, I'll go ahead and I'll keep that nursery. But I'll tell you one thing. I ain't liking it. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I'll go ahead and do it, but I, they better not call on me again to do this. Listen, if you got that attitude, you will best serve everybody by just going ahead and doing it. But why are we doing it? We're doing it because I got to let everybody know I'm righteous. Who are you fooling? Well, you may be fooling us. And you might not be doing it with the right heart, but God knows your heart. And the last time I checked, the reason why we're doing anything is to bring glory to Him. And so if you're going to do that, you need to be doing it with the right attitude. You ought to say, boy, I, and, and this, 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 we will know that we're in revival if something like this happens. Reba walks into the sanctuary, or Rachel. We all know when they come in, they're scouting. <laughs> they're looking for victims. And so here's what many of you do. You don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact with them. Oh, if you make contact with them, they'll come right to you. And so we're turning or we're, oh, here, here's the real spiritual ones. Well, we'll go ahead and get it like we're reading our Bible. You know, we're in our Bible. And, and, and we're praying, says, I hope she understands. She won't bother me because she sees I'm in the Word. She don't want to disturb me having my quiet time right here before. And so we're in the Word. And, and so she passes by and you're saying, whoo, thank you, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> but what would happen if Reba or Rachel come in and you're sitting there thinking, hey, hey, Rachel, you looking for somebody to help you in children's church? Hey, I'll help you. Reba, you need somebody to change some diapers this morning? Hey, I'll do it for you. He says, well, Mike, you're, you're really going to the extreme. No, I'm not. If we're, if we're truly saying who we are, that we're righteous, 
then we're going to be doing righteous things. And the last time I checked, it's the right thing to do to minister to the little babies and minister to the children in children's church so mom and daddy can get in and get a word because mom and daddy hadn't been in a service because they're out having to serve somewhere else. There are some of us here this morning, and I'm not here to fuss. I'm not here to point finger. But there are some of us here in church that we could at least, at least go and leave somebody that's working in the nursery who also works in a one-on-Wednesday night, who also helps with the children's choir, who hardly makes it into a service. The least we could do is say, you know what? I can do this. I'm doing this with the right attitude. I'm doing it because it's just the right thing to do. It's some glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. But Satan's gotten in you. Hey, yeah, go ahead and do it. He causes more damage by making us have the wrong motives and wrong attitude. And who gets the short end of the stick? Those ones that you're having to teach this morning or the ones that you're having to change. You're coming in with a spirit that is not a spirit of God. You're in there just because you're in there. And I'm doing this, but this will be the last time I'll do this. And I hope they never ever call on me again. You need to get right with God. You just need to get right with God. Because doing is not the problem. It's doing it with the right motivation. It's like the little boy. He got in trouble. And so the teacher told him to sit down. He didn't sit down. She says, I'm telling you for the last time, you better sit down. So he sat down. They heard him mumble this. I'm sitting, but inside I'm standing. (laughs) That's some of y'all's attitude. There's some of you that have that same attitude. Oh, I'll do it, but I don't want to do it. You need to repent and confess that sin because you have hindered the move of the Holy Spirit in this place with a wrong attitude. What verse John chapter 3, verse number 15, it says, and I'm paraphrasing here, he says, if you have hate, you're a murderer. Pretty strong, isn't it? How, how can I murder by? Because of your mouth because of your tongue you've said things hatefully and the Bible says the Bible says you're a murderer so well, I ain't no murder oh yeah my anger kind of gets the best of me and I, I, you know I've been working on this for 30 years now and, and I know I have a hot uh, temper and whatnot like that but I've never murdered anybody the Bible says that the use of the tongue can either bring blessings or cursings. How are you using your tongue? And you might have some malice for somebody in this place. Now, we're just going to get real this morning, okay? We're, 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 we're going to do business with God this morning. We're, we're not going, we're, 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 I'm sick and tired of playing games. Church is not a place to play games. 
It's for us to get things right with God so God can bless us. And many of you are fighting battles that you've been fighting for a long time. And it could very well be the reason why you're not having any victory in your battles is because you didn't guard your heart and you've let the thoughts come from your head into your heart. And Satan's got you all messed up and he's confused you and he's telling you the things that are right, they're really wrong and the things that are wrong are really right. And so you're not getting down to business. Oh, you think you're doing business with God, but you're really not doing business with God at all. So we're going to just get real. Why don't we just get real this morning? We're family here, and family, you're just supposed to get real with one another. Amen? And so we're just going to get real. And, and so here's what's happened many times. Some of you have been harboring bitterness towards somebody in the family. Some of you have been harboring some jealousy with someone in the family. Some of you uh, have gone ahead and wrote off and said, I don't have to go speak to them. I don't have to have fellowship with them. If they're sitting over here, I'm going to be sitting over here. And I can go ahead. I'll live my own life. And they can go ahead just as long as I don't have to mess with them just as long as I don't have to talk to them. Why, why are you like that? Well, something happened about 20 years ago. And uh, they said something to me that I thought was out of context. And they said something to me that hurt my feelings. And uh, so uh, I just think it's best for us. And then you wonder why we're not letting the Holy Spirit have control over us in a service Amen. with attitudes like that. You didn't put your breastplate of righteousness on. And we've gotten attitudes where we're doing something for the Lord, but we're doing it with the wrong attitude. I don't want to do this. And the only reason I'm doing it is because nobody else will. Well, my dear friend, my dear sister, my dear brother, let me just go ahead and, and give you the okay. We will find somebody. If you don't choose to do it, God will send us somebody that will do it. And so if you want to go ahead, put yourself on the shelf and not be used of God, that's your decision. But that's exactly where you're at in your relationship. And that's the reason why you may be saying that you're uh, being righteous, but you're not doing righteousness. Then what you have gotten confused is that you believed a lie uh, where Satan says, hey, everything's okay no need to take this thing just don't do too crazy about this confession business and here we're at here again I'm not fussing at anybody I'm not mad at anybody if I'm fussing and if I'm upset with anybody it's Satan because he is our enemy not us he's the enemy and we need to go ahead and recognize the fact Satan is the one that we're fighting against, not one another. But we got to have the right attitude. Remember, we looked at last Sunday. Last Sunday, remember, uh, Adam was given the ball. He fumbled it because of his sin. Satan picked it up. But because of what Jesus Christ did for us there on Calvary's tree, he went ahead and got the ball and gave the ball back to us. And that we are, are, are in the position to go ahead and win this battle. But if we get ourselves out of his authority, we get ourselves out of his blessing. And so what the problem is, is that we're no longer on the authority of the Lord Jesus that we have taken ourselves out of the position and then we wonder why we're defeated. Because we've 
It's cause of us. Listen, it's our fault. It's our problem. It's not your neighbor's. And even though we can go ahead and say, we know who's orchestrating this, Satan only has the power when you allow him to have the power because Jesus Christ took care of that when he died for your sins. He took the authority of Satan and then no longer does the sin have dominion over us that we understand all of that. And we understand He's still powerful. But the only reason why He's powerful is because you've allowed Him to be powerful. The book of Ephesians says we have everything we need to win. But we have to do something. It's, it's amazing to me. And I'm seeing it all across the board is that we think we just come in and we sit down on our pew and we uh, listen to a sermon and uh, then we might come back on Sunday night, we'll listen to another sermon, walk out the door. Uh, we may come back on Wednesday, listen to a sermon, we go back out door. It's just a revolving door. Nothing's really changed. It just means that I spent, uh, I, I blocked some time out, uh, even though my schedule's pretty tight but I'm going to go ahead and block this hour, two hours for you, Lord. But we're coming with a wrong attitude. We're coming. I said, I hope he doesn't preach long today. I wish he preached sermons like he did last night. About 15 minutes. About 15 minutes is all I can handle of him anyway. And so if he just do those 15 minute little sermonette type things, we'll be okay. We can get home and I won't miss any of the Titans game. I mean, I'm telling you, that's what's going on all around us. And then we walk out and say, well, nothing, anything happened at church? Nah, same old, same old. Duh! Duh! What do you expect? It's amazing to me how we've gotten so callous and and so uh, apathetic towards the things of God and we just go through mechanics like robots. Okay, uh, this is, okay, let me look at my schedule. Oh, man. Oh, it's the fourth Sunday. That means I got nursery. And so the whole time, you're all ticked off about that. Oh, you'll go in there and you're thinking, and you put on your little happy face and and you see Miss Reeve and say, oh, I'm so glad that you showed up today because half the time people don't show up. And and so she says, I'm so glad. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. And you're you're lying, you're lying, you're lying. And and you're going in there and, and then you say, oh man, we got visitors That means there's more kids than usual. Oh, man, what am I going to do with them for an hour and a half? And and so I'll tell you what, I'm going to give them Benadryl. Here, line up, give them Benadryl. Just pump them full of Benadryl. And so they go, they go to sleep and they, their parents come and and you get word uh, that uh, one of the parents got saved. And you're thinking, oh, praise the Lord. And it says, well, why are all these babies asleep? I don't know, but the Lord's been good to me today. (laughs) Am I not telling the truth? I'm telling you the truth. And it's why? Because we took the breastplate of righteousness. We didn't guard our heart. We were, and so what has come into our minds is now coming into our hearts. But then we go on in 1 John 1, 9, it says, Confess your sins 
and he's faithful. Now, this is where we're going to camp on, and this is where I really want to sit down on, and this is where I really want to take us this morning as we go to the invitation. We're fixing to go to the invitation, but I don't want you to miss this. In 1 John 1, 19, it says, Confess your sins. He's faithful and just. But what are you confessing? Well, I'm confessing, you know, I, I said a bad word this week. So I confess that. Or, you know, and, and, and here, here I'm, just, I'm just, just being honest. We confess the superficial stuff. Yeah, my temper kind of got the best of me. Lord, would you forgive me for my anger? And we never get down to the root of the problem. Our hearts. Proverbs tells us that we are to guard our hearts. So here's what's happened. Without the helmet, that thought has come in. Without the breastplate, it has now filtered into our hearts. And that's the reason why the Bible says our hearts are deceitful. That's the reason why you need to be very careful when you say something like, well, I got a decision to make. I'll just follow my heart. You better watch out. You better not base decisions on how you feel about a situation. You better base it upon truth. Base it upon truth. So here's where we go. I want you to turn your Bibles very quickly. Zechariah chapter 3. If you were here last night, I touched a little bit on this. We're, we're going to look at this. I'm going, I'm going to tell you, man, it's hot in here. I'm, I'm going to tell you and show you where Satan works the best and the hardest. Y'all ready? Zechariah chapter 3. It's in the Old Testament. Watch this. And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. Okay? So here's Joshua. He's standing before the Lord. Notice. And Satan, oh, Satan standing at his right hand. Well, why is Satan doing there? To resist him. When we come to a time to where we know that we have some sin in our heart and we want to confess that, that means we got to stand before the Lord, right? Okay? Guess who's going to be right there on the other side of you? Satan. What's his purpose? To resist you from really doing business with God. Now watch, watch this. He, he don't get too worked up when you just come and give that little superficial prayer, Oh Lord, forgive me for I have sinned. But what he works real hard is when you start getting down to the root of your problem, you got a heart problem. You got an attitude problem. You got a doing right problem because you're doing it in a superficial way. That's where Satan wants us. Oh, that's no big deal. Let's just skim the surface. He really starts to put up resistance when you're starting to really do business with God. And so the question for us, do we really want to do business with God? Do we really want to get honest before a holy God? Do we really? Because when we really do want to do business with God, it's going to be painful. 
you're going to have to recognize the fact that you're wrong. You're wicked. And your righteousness is like filthy rags. Then he goes on, he says, so he resists him. And the Lord said, now here, here's the good news. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuked thee, O Satan, even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. So here's, here's the scene. Can you see the picture? Here's Joshua. He's standing before God. Satan's on the other side. And of course, Satan is there to resist him, right? He's there to accuse him. He's, he's there to, to slander him. And, and so, but the Lord says, listen, he says, I'm rebuking you, Satan. Do you understand? Do you understand? If you really want to do business with God, and you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, by the authority that's been given to you, you can rebuke Satan. Maybe, maybe that's some of our problem. We really hadn't really done business. And we're thinking, well, if I'd say to somebody, they say, man, I, I, you're, you're acting a lot different. Man, what's going on? He says, man, I got right with God. Well, praise the Lord. How did that happen? He says, well, I just want you to know, go ahead. I rebuke Satan. Well, sometimes when we say things like, I rebuke, or, or I'm, ple- I'm pleading the blood of Jesus Christ, they're thinking, oh, there he goes. He's getting charismatic on us. The authority of God says that you have the authority to rebuke Him. You understand? Some of you are not getting this. You can rebuke, rebuke Satan. How do you do that? By pleading the blood of Jesus Christ and by reminding him that he no longer has dominion over you. I'm telling you, I'm about to have a spell right here. Do you understand? Listen to me. This is, I'm telling you, this is what we're missing here. This is the reason why we're being defeated. This is the reason we're going around with sorry attitude. It's because we have not learned that we have the authority from heaven itself to rebuke Satan and to remind him that I've been bought by the price of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. I've been covered in His blood and because of that I'm righteous, I'm holy and I stand before a holy God blameless. So Satan just take notice. I no longer have, you have no longer have control over me but I'm controlled by the Holy Spirit of God and God is my master. God is my Savior and because of that I'm saying Jesus Christ of Nazareth is my King of kings and Lord Lord of lords, and be based on that authority, Satan, you no longer can hurt me. You no longer can mess with my mind. You no longer can get into my heart. I plead, I plead, I beg, oh, glory to God. It's all because of Jesus Christ. They like to kill me. And then he goes and he says, he rebuked him and says, is not this the brand plucked out of the fire? Oh, 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 that's you. If you know Jesus Christ, he's plucked you out of the fire. Fire's judgment. Do you understand? You no longer have judgment over your head. He took your judgment. And so he says, he plucked, he says, now Joshua, watch this. He was clothed with filthy garments. 
And he stood before the angel. Okay. Joshua's coming. And Joshua recognized he's not right with God. So he's coming to get things right with God. Satan comes along. Satan comes along. And you're saying, Lord Jesus, my heart's wicked. Lord Jesus, I have this sin that I've been carrying around for quite some time. I got it tucked way back here. But I have a sorry attitude. The things I've been doing for you, I have been doing with the right motivation. And so he's coming to get clean. Satan comes up and says, Hey, 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 hey. You ain't as dirty as you think you are. Oh, compared to Terry Stone, you're a, you're you're a oh you're an angel. Oh oh no 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 listen don't don't hey yeah go ahead and say your little superficial prayer, but don't don't get too bogged down with this. You're not that dirty. Look at Rob. Look look, look at Mike. Look at your look at your preacher up there. Oh, let me tell you, he what he pretends to be. And that's, is that not where Satan works on us? He's trying to say, oh, Travis, oh, yeah, he can sing, but I'm telling you, he ain't the genuine deal. You ain't that bad. Oh, listen, just go ahead, have a little prayer, go back to your seat, and, and everything's going to be all right. That's exactly what Satan does. He gets you up here. And then he'll get you right here. And you've hid that sin so far back. And you haven't really done business with God. You've just played a game. And Satan is going, yeah, yeah. Works every time. But notice, he goes before dirty clothes. And he stood before the angel. And then he goes on and says that he wants to put those new garments on. The garment of righteousness. He said, you belong to me. And here's where Satan works as well. You know what? I think I've about got this thing licked. I've, I've kind of grown in my faith a little bit. And I, I really, you know what? I, I know I sin, but you know, my sins are really small. And you know, I'm, I'm really not that bad of a guy. And Satan comes in and says, you're right. You have arrived, big boy. No need to do anything else. You have arrived. I ain't messing with you no more because you're the real deal, Mike. And so I go around thinking, Superman. Bring it on, Satan, because I have arrived. None of us have arrived. None of us have arrived. And here's the other issue that we have. We think... We're better than what everybody else is saying about us. Oh, Brother Travis, 
Let me tell you, brother. I wish I had that voice like yours. I wish I had that charisma that you have, that stage presence. I'm telling you, Travis, this church is so lucky to have somebody like you. And Travis thinks, you know what? I've kind of been thinking that way myself. (laughs) I'm not saying he is. I'm not saying that at all. Just a point of illustration. And I'm just going to go ahead and I'll be honest with you. Many of you have been very kind to me and have said some wonderful things about me. And sometimes I find myself thinking... (laughs) right in their face, and they're looking for somebody else. (laughs) What is wrong with that pulpit committee? I mean, they're supposed to be spirit-filled people. I hear, I mean, I'm right there, it's thrown in their lap, and they're saying, well, we'll be happy when we found us a pastor. (laughs) I'm just going to be honest with you. That's nothing but Satan want to mess me up. Because I've come to understand whatever the Lord has done, it is not because of who's behind this pulpit. It's because of the grace and the mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm going to go ahead and speak for Travis. And I believe he will tell you the same thing. I know you've been kind words, and you should be. I'm not saying that. And he has done a tremendous job. And we do praise God for him. But I'm telling you, Travis will tell you the same thing. It's grace. It's grace. Miss Libby, awesome job with our choir. Done a wonderful job. And and I know many of you uh, have expressed that. But she'll tell you as well, because I know their hearts. They'll tell you that it's because of the grace of God. And I don't know about you, But that's the part of people that we need in leadership to recognize it's not our stinking education. It's not how many PhDs they have. It's not how many sermons we preach. It's not how many churches that we've pastored. It's not how we're going over the railway and we're getting reports that says, oh, love your sermon. It has nothing absolutely to do. We've come to recognize it's all because of the grace of God that we're able to do what we're doing. And here's what Satan will do. Satan will tell you and try to convince you you are the cat's meow you are the next senior pastor you are this and you are that and when we come to believe and get that in our heads and get that in our heart then God will quit working he'll quit working and many of you are defeated because you thought you were better than you thought you were you become self-righteous and some of you have believed the lies that your clothes is not as dirty as you were believing they were. And that's where we're at today. And that's the reason why we're not doing business with God. We're not getting honest. We're not pouring our hearts out. We're not broken over our condition. And until we come as a church family to recognize the fact that we got some issues we need to deal with and the best way for us to deal with them is not by Facebook and not by texting and not by going counseling. I'm not discounting all that. The best way for us to deal with that is right down here. Right down here. So the question for us this morning is, are we really wanting to do business with God? 
time will tell. We're fixing to go into invitation. This message kind of didn't go where I thought it was going, but I think it went where it was supposed to go. It's time for us to quit playing the games, take off our mask, and come and confess our sins, our sorry attitudes, our complacency, our murmuring, our complaining. We can go on down through the list. So, are you ready to do business with God?